We want to welcome you back. Uh, grateful to have you. Um, thank you for listening in and, and, and trusting us to just give you the Word of God and challenge you during this time. Isaiah 41.10, if you have your device or you have your Bible, uh, find that, and I'm going to read it to you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid. You may have the version that says dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child to understand me, may be simple. Lord, uh, I pray for any word of knowledge you want to give me. If you prompt me with your Holy Spirit, I, I can speak to someone in their situation. If you prompt me, I want to be obedient. And then, Lord, uh, you will remind me of everybody listening or watching. I'm the one under a great judgment, a more strict judgment, because I'm a teacher of your word, and I accept my place in rightly dividing it. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, his name that I preach. Amen. Um, not really in a series, just a focus and emphasis on strength. And uh, we're going to use this verse today. It's, a, it's, it's powerfully packed. So uh, you may want to... You may want to print this off. Uh, you may want to write it somewhere, put it on a mirror where uh, you get ready to go to work, or go outside, or just whatever. Steering wheel of your car, just all kinds of places that verse be there because it's one you can refer to often, and I want to encourage you to do that. So uh, we want to begin in verse 10 with the first section of that verse where he says, Do not fear. Uh, I want you to know I'm not I'm not the accuser here. We leave that to Satan. Revelation says he is the accuser of the brethren. Brethren, and I'm not saying that you're afraid. So I, I just want to give you encouragement not to be, as I believe the Lord has given us encouragement not to be. Second Timothy one seven, uh, for God has not given us a spirit of fear or fearfulness or even a virgin that says timidity, but one of power, love, and sound mind. I don't want you to get defensive here, me using that verse, because when COVID started in March, actually it started earlier in March, but it started interrupting our lives around March of this year, uh, 2020, uh, a lot of people became defensive with that. And, you know, like we would use this verse and we were like, are you saying I'm afraid? I'm not afraid and uh, all that. It's, uh, I, I don't want you to be defensive. I'm not accusing you. I'm not the judge. I just want to encourage you not to be afraid uh, with the Word of God and along with the Word of God. So it's easy to fear right now, honestly. Um, I've had a pastor friend die of COVID, uh, healthier than me, and uh, he's healthier than me, and he passed away. Uh, I've got another pastor friend, this is Thursday, uh, put on a ventilator uh, and with COVID, younger than me, healthier than me. Uh, it's... Uh, it's easy to fear right now, and I get it, I understand. You know, we've always had question marks about the future, but I think COVID and the pandemic has just added all these question marks. Paul, in 2 Timothy 1.7, he didn't say that fear uh, was a, an, an emotion. He said it was a spirit, and he said it wasn't God-given, and that it works against the person of God and the will of God. What does it do? You know, when we're afraid, it, it just stops us still in our place. Uh, it, it paralyzes us. It just freezes us. And then if it doesn't do that, then it moves us backwards. And I know you and I have, uh, we've read it that there's enough um, 
passages about do not be afraid in Scripture that there's enough for one every day of the year, 365. I don't know if that's true. I, I would say there's probably more than that. Uh, but nonetheless, it is a common and a favorite command of God to not asking us to not be afraid. Another truth that I want to give you in this is he says, for I am with you. Uh, my greatest point of emphasis in this pandemic as a preacher and a teacher is uh, realizing that people have got to learn to walk with God on their own. Everything's interrupted. Uh, everything is interrupted. And I, I'm, I'm going to increase my teaching on how do you walk with Christ when nobody else is around? How do you do that? When whatever you considered a normal pace of life or a normal church pace of life or whatever else, what? how do you, uh, on your own, walk with the Lord? I, I see this as a great need to be emphasized. And there are some people who think they don't need that. And you may be the person that needs that. Uh, if, if, if you know that the Lord is with you, you become unshakable. You become confident. Uh, you conquer temptation. Remember, temptation is not the sin. Falling into it and following it is the sin, and you learn to conquer. If, he, if, if you know that he is with you, then you're able to conquer temptation. If you, if you think he's not with you, uh, it's easier to fall into sin. It's easier to doubt and to worry, and in, in this line of verse, to be afraid. So uh, we can panic Uh, we can panic if we're not careful. Uh, The verse, verse 10 says, do not fear. And there's one word used for fear there. For I am with you. That's the point we're on now, realizing that he's with us. It says, do not be afraid. These are two different words. One is fear and one is afraid. They're not the same Hebrew word. The second use, do not be afraid, means don't be dismayed. Listen, if you're afraid, the Lord's saying that I'm with you. He's asking that to not fear out of the way, the fact that I'm with you. But if if that doesn't do that, and you believe he's not with you, your fear is going to move to being terrified. That's, that's the way this verse is written. Do not fear for I'm with you. Uh, do not be terrified. Because if you don't check your fear with the presence of God, then it's going to move you to being terrified. And, and the word terrified means that we look to another. We look somewhere else uh, for our peace, our happiness, our strength. We look some other vice. Uh, I, I just want you, you will end up, when you, if you get to the terrified range in this verse, you will replace the Lord with other people and other things. Um, it, it's, I want you to know it's Jesus. It's not Jesus plus anything else. It is only just Jesus. Colossians 2.6 is a verse that I rely on heavily in discipling people and teaching. And uh, Paul wrote, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him. That goes back to me saying I've got to teach people to walk with him. And that, that teaching has got to increase that you have got, Paul said to these people, this church, you've got to learn to walk with him. You've accepted him, you've surrendered to him, you've got to learn to walk with him. Remember Moses, the great leader that he is, was, 
said, I don't want to go from here to there without your presence. His presence is everything. It's absolutely everything. The Great Commission, Jesus, some of his last words on earth, they, they are our marching orders. I recently read a stat where it said a lot of Christians were surveyed, and out of that survey, less than 50% of them knew what the Great Commission even was. I hope you know it. If you don't, learn it. I'm going to give it to you right here, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. The Lord gave us our marching orders. Here it is. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even unto the very end of the age. Did you see that? I am with you always. Uh, he says, don't fear. Realize that I am with you. And if you don't capture that, your fear is going to move to you being absolutely terrified. The promise is, I, I, am, I am with you always, and I am committed to the rest of my days of discipling people and creating that discipleship culture at Hope Church, uh, even looking at, with this pandemic as a total relaunch, total format everything of our church to relaunch it to being discipled, to be able to walk with the Lord as he's asked us to do. So the promise is, I am with you. The next part of this, you need to realize that I am your God. Uh, the point here, uh, this point, I am your God, combined with the point that I just finished, I am with you, both of these points, both of these points are meant to just hit fear right in the face. Uh, putting I am with you and I am your God as the antidote to the fear that you have. Uh, it's about your God. He says, I am your God. Personal relationship. Walk with him daily, God. I am your God. Listen, Satan wants you to believe that God will abandon you, that God will lead you into something and, get, and, and just leave you on your own. I know... Man, that lie happened in my life um, until the Lord just crushed that lie. I was saved. I was going to heaven when I died. I had eternal life. I just didn't have abundant life. And one of the, my root lies was I was believing that God would lead you into something and then pull back and abandon you. Uh, I want you to know that Satan is about creating the division between you and the Father. We're connected to the Father through Jesus. The Holy Spirit leads us to Jesus. Jesus connects us to the Father. And the enemy wants to sever that. He wants to sever that relationship and that beautiful fellowship uh, that we have. And sin is that dividing factor. He, he, he doesn't want you knowing how to walk with God moment by moment. And how does he separate that fellowship with God? He does it by... Uh, tempting us to go with sin. Let me show you in Genesis 3.1. Very first question I asked in Scripture, and it was asked by Satan. It says, Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Satan did not uh, try to convince Eve uh, or even Adam that God didn't speak to him. He just tried to ask the question, did he really say that? And, and listen, the enemy, he'll, he'll keep on asking that question. Did God really say he's going to be with you all the time? 
did God really promise that he's going to be with you all the time? Did he he'll put that doubt in your mind and that separation? Um, you, you know, you can be a part of a church, a member of a church, even active in church stuff, and still don't know how to walk daily with the Lord. I go back to Colossians 2.6. This was the problem of that church. He says, you've received him. You've forgotten how to walk with him. Again, that's an emphasis I believe God is placing on me to teach people through this pandemic and how to walk actively with the Lord. So I am with you, that point of truth. I am your God. That personal point of truth is to create uh, a problem for fear, is to wipe fear away when those truths are activated in your life. Another promise he gives, I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you is... Uh, I'm going to take care of your soul, Psalm 23. He restores my soul, the psalmist writes. Uh, it, we're talking about soul care here. My wife, Julie, she walks every day. Uh, she wants to get that walk in, and it's good. It's important. Paul said physically fit is important, but the most important fit to be is spiritually fit. That is more important than being physically fit. Listen, if it, he said, I will strengthen you. I will strengthen your soul to face temptation to face doubt, to face fear, to face worry, to face trials, even his own test of our life. He will strengthen our souls. Even in this crisis, you've got to give yourself soul care. It's not just sleep. Sleep's important. You know that. You know I know that. Uh, health, and what you eat, it's all important. But we may do all those things and leave out the soul care. And the soul care of knowing that he's with me and not only that he is with me, that he is my God, all that involved gives me the strength that I need to face this crisis in every part of it. So let him strengthen your soul. It's about soul care. The fifth thing, he gives a promise that I will help you. He will bring aid, and he'll bring aid to you in all forms. He'll do it himself, naturally or supernaturally. He will use his Holy Spirit, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He will use that to give you aid. He will use his angels to give you aid. Let me tell you what. You talk about a staff. The Lord, I'm not talking about a staff with a stick with a crook on the end of it. I'm talking about the host of heaven. Uh, he will bring you aid. He'll bring people your way that, under his direction to give you aid. Uh, he said, I, I will help you. He gives another promise. I, I will uphold you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. That righteous right hand is a picture of his power and his mighty power. It's his victorious right hand. You remember in uh, Exodus 14, when uh, uh, Moses was leading them out of Egypt, he said they left victoriously, and the word victoriously, it was the hand of God, the high hand of God is on them. Walk like it is what I challenge you, that the high hand of God is on you. He will hold you up with his powerful, his powerful right hand. He will do that. Um, listen, I want to talk to you about how even through Jesus, all things are sustained and held up. Colossians 1.17, I love Colossians 1. And it is important because it gives us the greatest description of this all compiled together in one place of Jesus that I've ever read. And I'm only going to use one part of it. In uh, Colossians 1.17, it talks about Jesus. Jesus is before all things, and by him all things hold together. You may look for the CDC, and I'm going to read what they do. I'm, you know, I listen to 
elected officials, both state and federal. I listen to what's going on in other parts of the world. But I want to tell you, those people don't hold this together, okay? It, the Lord himself sustains all things. They are held together by him. Even John 10, Jesus carries on this teaching out of Isaiah. And Isaiah talks about the Lord all the time prophecies about Jesus. He mentions his is a picture of Jesus in Isaiah that's incredible. And in John 10, Jesus carries on that teaching. John 10, 28 and 29. Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish ever. No one will snatch them out of my hand. That victorious, that victorious hand of God. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. No one is able to be able to do that. Do you hear that teaching? He's got such a grasp on you and a hold on you that nothing can snatch you out. There are a lot of people ask the question, what can, 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 can I be out of the grip of God? The question, that's not the question. The question is, are you in it? Are you in his grip? And he says, nothing can snatch you out. In Isaiah, I will hold you up. He says, the Lord says, I will hold you up with my righteous right hand. These last three, I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will hold on to you, can actually be put together with the word also. In the Hebrew, the word also combines all three of them. Here's what it says. I will strengthen you, also I will help you, also I will hold you up. Did you get that? I will strengthen you, also I will help you, also I will hold you up. I want to finish with Psalm 27.1. The Lord, he is my light and my salvation. Whom should I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom, of whom should I be afraid? Before I give you a blessing and uh, leave you today, uh, I want to tell you, thank you for being uh, a, another congregation for us. Thank you for watching. You, your giving is awesome. Your investing is awesome. Thank you for that. People have asked me, how are we doing since March? We're running on about 75% budget. Um, and what does that mean? We're, we're looking anywhere from fifty dollars to $60,000 short. And uh, that can be incredible. I mean, it's, I'll take it. I'm not fussing, is what I'm saying. I'm thankful. And in that, some of you, are, we like to give to it. You've, uh, you've, you've given me direct messaging, Facebook messaging. Uh, and you've got the con We're going to put an address up. It's Hope Community Church. Post Office Box 380, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Send that there to them. Uh, we have a giving day in November the 22nd, which is referred to as the Joash Chest, a day of investing and blessing our church, catching up on your offerings, all those things. Um, be looking for that. You can give to that. We're looking to create a podcast room where I can interview people. There are people in other cities and states that... I uh, really want to connect to our discipleship culture, our Hope Arrow, all that. We're going to be able to do that. That costs about $10,000. We, we don't have that. If you want to give to that, you want to bless us with that, you feel the Lord leading you to do that, then I just leave that between you and the Lord. You can use that address. Just thank you for allowing us to give you the gospel. Don't be afraid. Know that he is with you and know that he is your God. And he will strengthen you. He will hold on to you. He's going to help you uh, all through this. He's going to make a way for us to get through this. And you know how we leave with a blessing, right? I want you to say it back to me, okay? Grace and peace. And I love you. God bless you.